Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Our first scripture reading today, it comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, and then 8 through 16. Listen now for God's word. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was not to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, and I am actually going to start at verse 22. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, yet they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid 
little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms to the poor. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no mouth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The word of the Lord. They say confession is good for the soul, so I'm going to confess. I am a worrier. In third grade, I worried about going to college. True. In fourth grade, I were, we moved from Rolling Meadows to Arlington Heights, and I worried that I would never again have a friend. In junior high, as we called it back then, I was already worrying about having a boyfriend in high school or whether or not I would even ever be asked out on a date. When my dad said we were lost on a road trip, I worried about whether or not we would ever be found again. I worried that I was going to flunk out of college before I even got to college. I worried about whether or not I could pass Greek and Hebrew in seminary. I worry still about airplanes crashing when I am in them and elevators getting stuck in between floors in a building. I worried that I would never get married and have children. I worried still that I didn't love my children enough when they were little. And I worry also that I didn't discipline them enough. I worried about them getting sick. I worried about them getting out of high school. Sometimes that was a justifiable worry. <laughs> when my grandmother died, my parents gave me a little plaque that she hung on her wall, and it says, if we trust, we do not worry. I hung the plaque on the walls in my homes, and sometimes when I was really on the worry-go-round, my husband, Ken, would remind me of the plaque. He would point it out to me and say the words to me, and I would look at him and say, Oh, just be quiet. <laughs> Sadly, I have passed on this worry gene to at least one of my children. Ironically, with all this worry, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is the one that I just read from Luke this morning. A similar reading can also be found in Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. 
Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you add one hour to your span of life by worrying? We all know the answer to that question. It's ridiculous that it's even asked. In fact, now science tells us that quite the opposite is true. We actually shorten our lifespan by worrying too much about everything. And we certainly take away the quality of our lives when we worry. Still, most of us worry. We tell ourselves things like let go and let God, and, and we read books on letting go of worry. Some of you are probably worrying right now because I just said that worrying can shorten your lifespan. <laughs> we say out loud to our friends, I've turned it over to God. And we do. We turn it over to God, we pray about it, and we still worry. We hold on to our worry like a security blanket. Some of us have even engaged in this kind of thinking. I'm not going to ask for a raising of hands, but I know some of us have engaged in this. That says, if we worry about it enough, it won't happen. And so we worry. And then others of us believe that when we're worrying, we're not being a good enough Christian, so we worry about that. There's that critical voice in our head that says, if I had a strong enough faith, I wouldn't get so worried. God's invitation to us is far gent gentler. Stop worrying about all the details of your day. You don't need to think about what to wear or what to eat because you live, we live in the providence of God. We live in that place where God truly does take care of us, meeting all of our needs. And in fact, most of us would say, well, yes, on the really big things when I've worried, when I look back, I can see that God did work it all out. Now be careful because this invitation to stop worrying isn't an invitation to stop caring. In fact, it is quite the opposite. Jesus wants us to stop worrying about what we're going to eat and what we're going to wear and how we're going to look and who our friends are going to be so we can invest in God's kingdom, so we can strive for the kingdom of God, so we can worry about the kingdom. I think in many ways, the invitation to stop worrying is an invitation to stop being so inwardly focused. Instead, we're being invited, urged to focus on others, Remember, the kingdom of God is not just that place we hope to get to, God's eternal kingdom in the heavens, but the kingdom of heaven is right here. We're in it. We're part of it. We're the ones supposed to be making it all come together. 
The kingdom of God is at hand, Jesus told his disciples over and over again. We're in God's kingdom right here, right now in this sanctuary. Some of you spent time in our main event tent on Friday night. You were about the work of God's kingdom, handing out little blue bags and tattoos that said, I always get this wrong. <laughs> Choose love, be the light, change the world. I probably worry about saying it right too much. <clears throat> Anytime we offer a word or a hand to help someone up, a prayer to strengthen another person, we are doing the work of God's kingdom. We are striving to be those who live as we build the kingdom. The kingdom of God is that place in our midst where we are working for peace and justice and for the well-being of all of life and creation. It is that place where black lives matter and immigration reform matters and changing the distribution of the world's resources matters. And when we worry, we lose sight of the kingdom because what are we worrying about? Mostly ourselves, sometimes our children or grandchildren. And we forget that the greatest commandment is to love God first and love others. The same thing happens when we let fear rule our hearts. Fear and anxiety are very closely related. Jesus goes on in the second part of today's scripture reading to say, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now many of us are sitting in this sanctuary right now with a knot of fear in our stomachs. Had that knot. I've been there. It's so tight, it's hard to breathe. Some of us came in with a knot of fear that has to do with all the political rhetoric that's going on in our world today. Because we listened to the news this morning or read the headlines in the paper. Others of us are worried or afraid for our marriages, or our children, or our grandchildren. Others of us are waiting for a word from the doctor regarding a recent pathology report. Others are afraid that this might be the week we get downsized. And some of us are just afraid. We're afraid we're going to fall. We're afraid we're going to get sick. We're afraid we'll never get well again. We're afraid we won't pass our driver's license exam. We're afraid of the teachers we will get when we go back to school. We're afraid our friends won't be our friends anymore. We're afraid our lives don't match up to the perfect lives that all of our friends talk about themselves having on Facebook. Fear is a hot commodity these days. Our news media, our politicians, they all want us to be afraid, be very afraid. If we don't have enough things in our own lives that will frighten us, well, they're happy to fill us with other things to be worried about. Terrorism, gun violence, politics, the Zika virus. Danger lurks in every corner, friends, every corner. 
Our infrastructure is crumbling. Our moral fiber has already given out. There is plenty to be afraid of. Muslims, people of color, people who don't speak English, building a wall, not building a wall, gun control, not enough gun control. Oh, there is plenty to be afraid of. So listen. Listen for the whisper of assurance. Do not worry because you live in my care, says the Lord. Do not be afraid, for it is my pleasure, my pleasure to give you the kingdom. You don't have to worry or do to get it. It's God's pleasure to give it to us. The invitation to let go of worry and anxiety is an invitation to recenter ourselves in God's love and light. We cannot choose love or be the light if we're not centered in the one who is love and light. God wants only the best for us. However, to get that best, we have to let go of the things that get in our way. Financial concerns, political concerns, family concerns, most of the things that get in our way have to do with fear and worry. We live in a world that moves so fast with so many things always clamoring for our attention. It's easy, it's very easy to lose focus. So how do we regain it? Most of us make the time to read the paper every day, or at least parts of the paper. Many of us take at least a half hour out of our lives to watch news. Perhaps we can refocus or recenter our lives in God by spending a half an hour reading our Bibles every day. Maybe our recentering comes with the practice of mindfulness. It's a big buzzword these days, but it has to do with being present in this moment, right now. Now, I'm not going to call out any names, but I know many of you have already written lists, mental lists, in your head about what you have to do after church today instead of listening to my sermon. It's okay. It happens all the time. I don't take it personally. But what I want to say to you is be mindful for a moment that you're right here in this sanctuary. Feel the people around you. Hear the sounds of the building. Listen for what it is you need this morning. Maybe we recenter ourselves by tutoring a child from faith community homes or mentoring an adult in life skills. Maybe we center ourselves by volunteering time at our PADS program or bringing a meal. Maybe we respond to building the kingdom by volunteering as a teacher or shepherd for our Sunday school. 
Each of us will respond to the invitation to let go of worry and fear and instead embrace the kingdom and recenter our lives in God in different ways. And there is no right way or wrong way to do this. And I also want to say that sometimes fear and worry are appropriate. They are a survival instinct. So God isn't saying never be afraid, never get worried. God is just inviting us to worry about and fear the things that threaten God's kingdom and not about ourselves. God is right here, ready to give us everything we need, and we're not even paying attention. We're caught up in worry and fear and all sorts of other nonsense, and all we need to do is stop. Stop. Take a deep breath. When was the last time you took a really deep breath? Know that we are all living in God's care. Know that God desires all good and perfect things for us. And in fact, God has the kingdom for us. We just need to recenter ourselves in God. My son called me the other evening. He usually calls when he is driving between the farm where he works and Louisville, Kentucky. It's about an hour drive, and he often comes from the farm to do farm business in Louisville. And our conversation went from politics to church to spirituality to bird watching. He said, I'm becoming something of a bird watcher, Mom. I even bought a book about it. I'm mostly interested in the big birds, like the hawks and the eagles. Wow, I replied, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, he said, I saw a Cooper's hawk the other day and a baby bald eagle, and just now there was a wild turkey walking alongside of the highway. I'm trying to be more mindful. You know, Andrew went on to say, all around us, little miracles are happening all the time, and we don't see it because we don't pay attention. We are too busy being distracted by everything we think we have to do, like that's the most important thing. My son, whether he knows it or not, understands, or at least has a beginning understanding, of what it means to let go of the worry and the fear that preoccupy us through daily life. For this time at least, he has been able to let go of all the demands that bombard us in this life and to watch the eagle soar instead. My prayer for each of us is that we will center ourselves in God striving for kingdom living, working for peace and justice, giving generously of our time, our energy, and our financial resources so that we can truly know the joy, the hope, the promise, the abundance, the love that God has for us and for our world.
Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is indeed God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. May it be so for you and for me. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.fpcah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.